Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. It is Sunday morning and Nebraska football has not won a football game in a week. And that comes after a 45-7 to loss to Michigan on Saturday. And who better to bring in to talk about a game in which Nebraska never had a chance than Connor Happer. He specializes <laughs> in these sorts of moments. This is a man that knows all about teams that don't have a chance. He's going to the Royals finale here on Sunday. This, uh-huh. is, this is what he knows. He is here to talk us through nebraska michigan connor how are we doing today yeah i see that you called in the expert uh it's great i always tell people that uh i've been doing a daily sports radio show in nebraska since august of 2015 so that also you know adds to my uh to my decorate decorated resume is understanding teams who uh who never have a chance in games so yeah yeah you called in the big guns today i think you got you got the right guy how many plays into that game against Michigan were you like, yeah, this is going to get bad? I was willing to give him a chance after, um, you know, it, it was obviously a horrible omen when Roman Wilson goes up and he makes that catch over Isaac Gifford's head on the back of his helmet. Um, but I was I was like willing to give him a chance after that. But after Nebraska's first drive, I was just like, no, no, it's, it's not happening today. So um, I think that makes it, what, like seven or eight or something like that. So uh yeah that was that was a good number really low I, number they hadn't even scored yet and i was like yeah i don't love what this run defense is doing 
Well, well yeah, definitely, definitely bad omens. But I hadn't, right. I hadn't cut the, uh, I, I hadn't, fair. I hadn't shut the coffin on him until, until you know the second drive. So that, that was that's that was good. that's definitely fair because when they had the sort of response drive after the interception, I was like, oh wow, if they come down and score a touchdown here, it doesn't change the fact that Michigan's still going to win this game. But it's like, well, maybe Nebraska can move the ball a little better than I thought. Not particularly true either. Uh, let's actually. We're, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about this game because, well, <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about this, the Royals, yeah, if you listen to this, you you probably saw it, but I do want to get into a few different things. Um, fourth and inches shotgun with your six foot five quarterback, go, yeah, okay. So, shotgun is one thing, and I, I, I'll I'll say where I'm at on this. This has been a this has been a topic for a long time in just football places, but, but especially here because we like to dissect everything. I don't care as much of, uh, as much about the shotgun slash under center thing. What bothers me more about that play is Heinrich Harburg leaving his feet. Like, and, and, and Matt rule said as much after the game, like he doesn't, he doesn't need to jump there. Just run into the guy behind you and then keep, keep churning the legs. And eventually you're going to go forward. Now in, I've we've seen it now in whether it's college football or the NFL you if you go under center and you push forward you're gonna get like you're you're just gonna get a yard so I know what Matt Rule said after the game about how nobody's done it against them this year I understand I understand that um but man it, they they did a lot of things wrong on that play <laughs> and, and I think you know like like Rule said like Heiber, Heinrich Harburg was just a little, I don't know. I think he was antsy, probably yeah. a little bit for that play, and and just decided to jump up in the air, and that was obviously a, a horrible decision. Yeah, I, I sort of just view this like you played Northern Illinois, and I know that it's Northern Illinois, it's not Michigan, but you played Northern Illinois, and one of your earliest plays in that game is you're like, all right, we're just gonna sneak it with Heiner Carberg, and he ends up yeah. picking up like four yards on the sneak. Why? Because he's six foot five. <laughs> like, I mean. So part of it for me is you you had already showed a willingness to just go under center and sneak it that way. And again, like as big as he is, just put him that close to the line. You remove the element of jumping in that scenario. Um, you know, so I, that that right away was just one of those things. You're like, okay, yeah, all right. That was I, yeah. 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 You know that big uh, graphic that goes around with like the 18 seasons in Nebraska and one of them is false fall? <laughs> that was yeah. like the false sense that they were going to do something. That day. Well, yeah. So if we're if we're looking for the actual nails in the coffin, like that was obviously the last play where Nebraska <laughs> was. That was it. That, that was the last play where Nebraska had a chance in that game. If you still, if you still believed up to that point, congratulations, because you might be crazy, but – um, that was that was certainly the last one, and then I think people started leaving the stadium after that. That that happened with uh, that happened with uh, a minute twenty four to go in the first quarter. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So nice. And then after that, Michigan another touchdown. Nebraska gets the ball back. I think they got the ball back a couple times in there. Didn't do anything with it, but uh, one of them where you know I was sort of jokingly was like they need an eight minute drive here because they get the ball at halftime. So if you just don't give Michigan the ball back, you're down 21 nothing, or if you're able to go score or whatever. Obviously, they ran like six plays and then had to punt. And then Michigan with sort of the the quietest run 
five and a half minutes off the clock yeah. without really moving the ball. But then all of a sudden, you know, your quarterback just kind of scrambles out left and Roman Wilson, you know, slides open. He hits him on a perfect throw. That was like, that yeah. was the one time I was impressed by J.J. McCarthy in my entire football watching career of J.J. McCarthy. I Side note, yeah, dude, I, I came away more impressed with him than I expected yeah. to be because I'm with you. I think I felt the same way about him. I'm not really sure, you know. <laughs> they, they more they win it more on the system and, and sort of what they do than him right yeah than him and and i thought he did a really good job he didn't need to do anything yesterday but he did um, not no. so so nebraska i was just counting it up they ran 23 plays in the first half and nine of them were on the drive where yep. they where they didn't score i mean that's it's, it's a crazy thing to think about. And then I think, what, what was the total number of plays they ran in the game overall? 46. So they ran 23 plays in each half. Congratulations. Uh, I mean, just just crazy to think about. Yeah. Second half, not a whole lot to talk about there. You, you hit the big play early on. You missed a field goal. Actually, let's let's talk about the field goal real quickly. Where are you at with Tristan Alvano? Well, I, what does he miss now? Three? He's missed his last three kicks. He joined one against Colorado. Completely missed one against uh, Louisiana Tech and complete like part of it for me is the misses against La Tech and against uh, uh, Michigan here on Sunday. Like they didn't even have a chance. Like those weren't like, you know, oh, he just just left or just right or, you know, it, it didn't move enough. No, it the kick did on Saturday, like never had a chance from the moment that it left his foot. Yeah, like at least he's not completely shanking them. Like, yeah, that's fair. You know, they're still they still look like normal kicks if if the field goal posts were just moved over to the right or left a whole bunch of yards. So, like that's that's he still's got that going for him. Once that slides away, you're in real trouble. But obviously, there's a significant confidence thing going on right now. I mean, it's it's um it's a tough way to start your college career. Like he made his first one against Minnesota. That I believe, if I remember correctly, sort of just barely snuck in. You know, it was it was it was right in there. Not that I'm taking away credit for him, uh, from him, but I mean, it's a really tough way to start your your college career. And Nebraska's kicking issues sort of continue. I, I like you have Timmy Bleakroad sitting right there. Um, I, I I don't know what I don't know necessarily what that does, but it wouldn't probably hurt to to give a different guy a shot at this point just to see if Nebraska can get somebody going. At the same time. They've only kicked four field goals the entire year. Right. I mean, so it, it's not like it's making a huge difference for them this year. But now you're going into the point of their schedule where it probably will start to make a difference, starting with the game on Friday night. Yeah, even just in the sense of, you know, keeping your guys from losing even more confidence, just putting the field goal up at the end of that drive in the second half, or beginning of the second half at least – Oh yeah, you know gives you a, a that was a gut punch. Bit. You know, it's not like they thought they were going to win the game at the right. at that point, but at that point we were we were thinking about you know okay is Nebraska going to get shut out at home today and you know to have the big Marcus Washington play right off the bat and then to come up completely empty on that drive it was like man they can't do they can't do much right um, yeah so if if you were going to put together a ranking list of Nebraska's portal acquisitions does the josh fleeks touchdown alone put him in the top three <laughs> like all time or no no just... no just just this last year uh I, I think billy kemp okay so let's go through it um 
Billy Kemp. I mean, it's not like there's a ton of great uh, – the the portal hadn't exactly resulted in a ton of great plays for okay. Nebraska. Side note on that, have you noticed, Have you ever noticed MJ Sherman? Um, I did. I noticed him yesterday, but not for a good reason. Um, I was asking Brunts if we thought that their Jack linebackers had contained on on like outside plays because he crashed super hard on one of those play actions tight end slips out the side like mm. there was you know it was kind of vintage early career Garrett Nelson just absolutely reckless abandoned not going to pay attention to the nice. to the guy on the on the the slip out there or who you have in contain and great so, comparison oh um, yeah it was that was when I noticed him yesterday but he has a sack um I didn't ever really think MJ Sherman was going to be like a big piece of anything. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not shocked there, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you think about like what they brought in from the transfer portal, this past cycle, you have Jeff Sims who hasn't played since the Colorado game. You have Billy Kemp, you have MJ Sherman, you have Corey Collier, you have Ben Scott, you have Jacob hood, you have, um, Marco Ortiz, who, to his credit, I think he's in their top three for sure. You don't he's talk long about snapped him. fine. Yes. Yep. Uh, and then after that, I, I think I've largely named everyone. Uh, Scott's been, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not. He's a, probably I, your one by default. Right. I'm not an expert on offensive line play, but I, I always judge it by, like, do we notice them or not, like, individually. And I, I don't think I've noticed Ben Scott that much, which is actually a good thing when you're playing offensive line. So. And center, especially at this team. Yeah. So I, I think he's fine. Um, so yeah, Fleeks is Fleeks one more run. He's, he's, he's probably going to pop in that top three. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to, I wanted to check on that. I don't, I don't know that we need to critically break down the run. It looked like he just ran and no one could catch him. <laughs> I was, uh, cause I, I, as you know, Schaefer, I like to go down there a little bit early. And so I had just arrived down onto the, onto the field and here comes, here comes Joshua Fleeks. He's running right at me. He's like, Oh, it looks like they're going to score a touchdown here. And and there they were. They 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 scored a touchdown, which was which was nice. Yeah. Let's uh let's get into a topic that I definitely did not think was gonna be as controversial as it came out of uh on Saturday. I I tweeted this, I it's kind of all over our message board, not just the tweet that I have, but just like people's general opinion on it. I said Happer. Nebraska should just move forward with Heinrich Harburg as a starting quarterback. Now, when I said this, I intended for the 2023 season. I did not uh, intend this as some sort of <laughs> endorsement that Heinrich Harburg has been outstanding. Uh, this was said with the idea that he has played well. Um, and frankly, of Nebraska's myriad issues, he is not in the top 10. Absolutely. For me. Yeah, no. He's, so where where are you at with Nebraska's quarterback situation? Short week, Illinois coming up. You have to win this game. This is a must-win game. Yeah, right. And, and I guess the thing, the biggest part about this, like it's it's still process of elimination to me because Jeff Sims isn't healthy. Like he's yeah. he's he's hurt. So like that's the reason they're not putting him in games. Otherwise, they would put him in the game. I think like a. You know, and I don't I don't think it hurts Heinrich Harburg to continue to get comfortable, but like that's that that's a huge piece of the conversation that Jeff Sims just isn't healthy right now. So there's that piece of it. And no, I don't I don't think you I don't think Heinrich Harburg is your is your quarterback of the future. But either way, like 
between those guys, and, and I sort of made my statement on this the week before last, and it was, I don't, it doesn't seem like it matters who plays quarterback right now. <laughs> it really doesn't because I think there's so much other stuff going on and they both have pretty similar skill sets because they're both going to run like Nebraska as a team at the way that they are set up right now needs to have their quarterback run the football and it needs to be a big part of their offense. And so Heinrich Harbor could do that piece of it fine. And if Jeff Sims is healthy, I think Jeff Sims could do that piece of it fine. Um, but he's he's not healthy right now. So I, I like I think that's your only option yeah. <laughs> at this point. And I, I don't like I remarked to you yesterday about how I like watching Chuba throw in shorts and you summarily dismissed me. So I like I like that piece of it too. Yeah, um, I don't I don't need the Chuba <laughs> experience again in 2023. I was just I just wanted to get that off my chest real quick. I know. I've I've watched him I've watched it happen in a, in a game and I'm like, man, this is really really not good. And then I watch him throw in shorts and I'm like, yeah, man, you know what? I like the way it comes out of his hand. But I just needed to tell that to somebody so I didn't, you know, so I didn't sound that crazy. You picked the wrong person to tell. <laughs> but no, I, I'm with you. I like I, I don't I don't see another path at this point. So yeah, well, part just of it go with Heinrich. Part of it to me is like I I feel like each week he looks more comfortable in different parts of the game. And I thought he actually looked pretty comfortable throwing the ball yesterday against Michigan. And this is he threw for 199, which isn't that impressive, but it's the most that Michigan's allowed. I, early in the game, he was 10 of 12 at one point for like 140 yards. Um, you know, it got a little bit worse moving forward, obviously, completion percentage-wise. Schaefer, but he throws sidearm. Yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I, like, I, obviously, you're not getting, like, pristine mechanics. It doesn't matter to me. He threw for 199 yards against Michigan. Uh, he's thrown for, like, four touchdowns, an interception, and close to 600 yards across three games. The first three games he started in his career. I mean, it's – and this is, again, he doesn't have a tackle on either side of him, and Nebraska's receiver issues are out there on display every single week. So he's not like – so part of it to me is I think he's looked aggressively competent, I guess is the way that I would phrase it, and – so, therefore, the more games that Jeff Sims misses, the more rust I would assume that he sort of has. And you're kind of in this point where it's like you need to win the next – got to probably win three out of the next four, if not four out of the next four to make a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, so you like – yeah, I don't really see a great scenario for you to, to get to, you know, through the bye week. And it's like, okay, we're going to go back to Jeff Sims. It's been – you know, five games now since he's been able to play, and we're just going to go. I I don't see that really happening. Like yeah. I, I, what I think is more likely is both of those guys end up playing in the same game, and it just you know it emerges that Jeff Sims has reclaimed his job. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the most likely situation if Jeff Sims gets back or when he when he comes back. Um, because I just think I, I just think you you need them both. First well, especially, of all, yeah. If if yeah. he's healthy, you're you're gonna want both because they're two of your more dynamic athletic options. On yeah, we don't we don't have a full evaluation yet of Sims in the passing game. I don't think because no. you know he's only played the two games and and it was just such a mess with with you know the turnovers and stuff like that. So I don't think we have that piece of it yet. He so I, I'm not sure, but 
that part of that part of what Nebraska does on offense is like so far out of my thought range right now because they're I like and and now you're in this mode where you can't really think about develop like they need so much on the offensive side of the ball. They need so much. And the, and because of that, they need, you know, from a talent perspective, they, and because of that, they need so much to go right for them to put together a drive. Um, and they need to probably pop a big play in there as well. So I just think like, it's all, it, it's, it sucks because we're not thinking about what Nebraska's offense is going to look like in the future or anything like that. You're just trying to get through the next seven weeks. You're scratching, scratching Claude for everything you can, like every first down, every every touchdown and obviously every game so it's not it like I, I don't think what we learned this year on offense will teach us anything about the future Matt rules offense or marcus satterfield's offense or much at all um which is a bummer but at the same time they're trying to get the six wins and you know how could you fault them for that Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What what bucket would you say you would be in between these two? Uh, this is another thing that kind of emerged from yesterday. Michigan had its way with Nebraska's defense. There's no question. I mean, they were able to run for 269 yards, and uh, they only threw for what they did. It was like 189, but they didn't. They could have thrown for more. They just didn't really need to go that route because they were able to run for whatever they wanted to. So which which describes you more accurately? Michigan on Saturday showed some real weaknesses in what Nebraska's 2023 defense is and can be, or there ain't another team like Michigan on the schedule. I'm not going to get that worried about Nebraska's defense based off of that game. Uh, more in the too good to get a read bucket, I think. Yeah. So more more in the latter. Um, you know, it's it's still a sample size thing with with their defense. I, with that being said, like I never thought. So I guess the expectation based off of what they did in the first four games for me was not that they were going to be the number one rush defense in the country. <laughs> so like, I think we could back off that a little bit while at the same time, understanding that Nebraska won't play another team like Michigan this year. And so there's, there's a middle there somewhere. It's probably a little bit closer to, to what they were doing in the first four games, but it's not like, I, I mean, 
I think they could be a competent defense. I, I think they could be a good defense, and they'll have to be a good defense because they'll have to lean on them. I don't think they're going to be dominant. Um, and, and and I think part of what Nebraska's offense does, if they can you know operate in its most efficient manner, is they can extend drives and and help out the defense and stuff like that too. So like it makes sense from the from the standpoint of complementary football. So they're both going to get theoretically better because of that. But I mean, yeah. It, I never thought Nebraska's defense was was anywhere close to. I saw people making comparisons to 09. Yep. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? What what, what am I missing here? Um, I feel like that's offensive because it ignores 2010, and that had a pretty good defense. Too. Sure, yeah, and now um, you know I uh, we'll see what happens with Hutmacher, but like I don't know. He seemed know. fine. Like they didn't put him back in the game after he got hurt, but he was okay. standing there. He's right by the coat. He had his helmet like. Yeah, he walked off fine. Yeah, I, so I I was like I think everybody else. So when he went down, it's like okay, when he gets back up, someone take his helmet. Don't let him anywhere right. near the field again. Like you just at one point you're just like the only thing that matters in this game is getting through with no severe injury. Seriously, and that I, they felt like they largely escaped that. Yeah, the, well, the Deshaun Singleton one hurts. Yeah, um, and then you know, so like. If you're looking for guys, like there's a couple guys that sort of, you know, they start to look like guys on the defensive side. It's Hutmaker and, um, you know, Quentin Newsom, who's already been a pretty well-established player, has been really good this year. We haven't it, noticed Michigan didn't throw yeah. at him at all. Yeah. They're like, no. all right, where's Hartzog? Where's Hartzog? Mm-hmm. You know, find these tight ends. Like, pick on linebackers, pick on right. safeties. They just they stayed away from Newsom for the most part. Like, I can't really remember – if there was a catch or two that he allowed uh, in that game, I'm sure there was, but I don't, I don't remember it in quite the same way as I do some of the other stuff. My guess would be the coaches at the end of the year of the conference will say that that guy's a, that guy's a big 10, you know, he should be an all big 10 defensive back. It's going to be hard with no exciting stats. Like he's got to, at some point you hope he comes through with an interception or, you know, he didn't have any pass breakups, but he did, um, he did. He only had three tackles. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's usually a good sign for a corner. My my one kind of concern with Nebraska's defense coming out of this, it really has nothing to do with the rushing yards they allowed, all of that, because I, I view a lot of it as, okay, that was the number two team in the country. At one point, you have two true freshman defensive linemen in there. Uh, like, you're just – you're not on this level. You're not even close to this level. Yep. You know, and, like, that's just – the reality of what you are and that's fine the one thing that that sort of gave me pause is it's a continuation of of what we saw against louisiana tech as well the tackling has gotten kind of sloppy the last two weeks yeah um and you know michigan does that like i remember in 2021 hassan haskins just looked like he was impossible uh for nebraska to tackle that day and they had bottled up Kenneth Walker just a couple weeks earlier and Evan Hall the week before. But it, it it's just one of those things where there's there's only so many things you can control when the talent is what it is. And the two things that just drove me nuts Saturday, one on each side of the ball, procedural stuff for the offense. Like, it's just why? Why is Anthony Grant getting a five-yard penalty in a critical situation like why is Thomas Fedoni, same thing, five-yard penalty, made up for it, made a catch the next play, got the first down, I think, or got him close, um, you know, whatever. But 
like they're not set before another critical play. Like it's just that's the sort of stuff where it's like you know you're not very good talent wise. Yeah. You know that you have enough issues as it is. You have to be pristine in those parts of the game. And like that's where my largest annoyance of Nebraska football right now. Like I know going in every Saturday, the talent is not what they want it to be at. I know that they don't have enough explosiveness in their skill position players. I know defensively that they're a collection of solid players, but there's no real super studs out there. So you got to do the stuff that you can actually do. And a lot of that is not getting dumb penalties, making plays right in front of you. Marcus Washington, can we go a game without a drop, you know, on third down, third down pass or looking to you, man, you got to, you got to rein these in. And then on top of it, you have uh, you have defensively where for the most part you are what you are. You got to tackle. Yeah, like it just it just does not look like it did in the first three weeks with the tackling. And I hope that's not a thing that's going to continue against Illinois because if you can prevent these leak yards, every other team on your schedule except for Maryland has the same offensive issues that you do. So don't make it easier for them. Let me ask you this, Schiffer. Like, do you think we were able to get? an accurate enough read of like how good the team is yesterday. Cause like throughout the week I had been sort of saying it was a barometer game and you get to sort of find out where you are now. Like did they, did they do enough right in that game? Like were cause you meant when, when you brought up the procedural stuff, it's sort of like, you know, you know, jog something in my head. Like were they, were they good enough? themselves in their own vacuum to get an accurate read of of where exactly they might stand right now as a football team probably not i mean the way the game started and the the fact that they got snowballed right away in the first half is i i don't know i don't know that we can tell a ton but i i feel like we have at least a better idea certainly coming out of that playing a team as good as michigan and knowing that they're they really had no chance in that game. And then, like I said, if, if this is a program that you want to emulate, and that's what Matt Rule had said earlier, they don't have those kinds of penalties. They don't have those kinds of mistakes. I mean, one of the reasons why Michigan – had zero. Zero, zero yeah. penalties, zero yards. They're just an incredibly disciplined team. They make the small plays, and then they go make the big plays. Like, and I, I think that's what Nebraska wants to be. But, you know, if, if yesterday was any kind of barometer – they're a long way from the talent side of it. And they're also a long way from the things that they can control too. Yeah, execution. And, and and that's always really hard to tell when you're watching it live. And mm-hmm. like, you don't know where guys are supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing. But the way, the way rule talked about it after the game, he sort of had me thinking of like, man, I, I just, you know, it, it felt like it was another one of those situations where we're, it's crazy to say that the moment may have been too big for them yesterday because it didn't feel like a moment really at all, but it, it, it felt like, man, Nebraska looked across the field from them and they, they saw Michigan and they were like, whoa, 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 we got to do something extra today. And, and so that's a piece of where that's a piece where Nebraska has to get a lot better. They have to be better at being themselves, but themselves before they could go beat a team like that. Yeah. obviously. And so that's that's a mental piece that that they're working on. I think that's been brought up a lot in the first couple of weeks of the season and it's not going to stop if you keep having weird performances like that. Like I I I think 
a lot 45 to 7 is indicative of where Nebraska's at from a talent perspective compared to Michigan. But it's also indicative of you know, like other teams who are less talented than, than Nebraska can fight Michigan for more than five minutes. Like Rutgers did it last week. And I know what it ended up being on the scoreboard, but that was a game, you know, pretty much going into halftime. Like that's where Nebraska needs to help itself a little bit. And, and that's just one example, but there's a lot of them over the years. I would say if you kind of traditionally look at it, this is a part of the schedule where Michigan tends to go from like, yeah, we we're doing whatever to like last year they did this, not the exact same score, not the exact same game, but they largely did this to Penn State, who finished in the top ten. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, they might. They're, they're probably. I mean, they might be the best team in the country. I, you yeah. Know, they, they might I, be the best team in the country. I don't know if I. I don't know that I'm there yet. Um, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like kind of excited for the end of November for the Big Ten because Michigan gets in succession Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State to finish the the season. Yep. And I don't really think any of those other three teams are certainly not Maryland are better than Michigan, but all of those games are going to be really interesting. Like I can I can see Penn State beating Michigan in this this year. I could see Ohio State doing it. I could also see Michigan being undefeated through the Big 10, you know. Yep. So it's um that is actually really exciting. And the reverse of that is the Big Ten West gauntlet that's out there for somebody, you know, whether it's whether it's Wisconsin or if it's, uh, you know, I don't know, Purdue right at the ship. Who is on, it? Who is it? Who, who will be the representative? Do we know, like, is Cade McNamara's injury, does that take him out for a while? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I saw that he got carted off. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. That's never a good sign. Um, but I don't like what does that do to Iowa? I I, I don't you know, it I don't matter. I, I don't Iowa know. is the same Iowa that they've ever been. They're not good on offense, they're great on defense. Yeah. They're, you know, uh a team that is gonna take advantage of the of its schedule and Nebraska wants to be that team this year. Exactly. I mean, they they want to be that version of it. Uh and their opportunity starts Friday against Illinois. Just you know, uh real briefly. It's, uh, you know, less than it's five days away, I guess, actually, because of how the uh, you get one less one less day, essentially, with the, the Friday start. So what uh, what are your quick thoughts? Nebraska, Illinois, Friday in Champaign. Uh, Sicko's game of the week, I think, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it should be fun because right? it's going to be two teams who are desperate as hell, man. I you mean, know how damning this game is? Kevin Suits, an Illinois alum, doesn't even want to go. <laughs> well, the Friday night, the Friday night thing probably doesn't help. But come on, I mean, everybody gets their Saturday to watch the rest of the college football slate. I don't know what's coming up this week, but you know, it's it's that's not a horrible thing to yeah, play on a Friday night. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I mean, my my only thought so far is, uh, I mean, they they're I. Like they're pretty much identical to each other, right? I mean, they have the same exact records. They're both two and three and zero oh and two in the league, right? So yeah, they both have losses to teams like Nebraska with Colorado and Illinois to Purdue. Where you're like that. That's not really how I saw that going. Or right. you know, there's a bigger gap here than there probably is talent wise on that score. But yeah, Illinois looked really bad this year. No Chase Brown. That defense is not nearly as good as it was. 
Uh, but still, Nebraska has to show up and win a football game and play well enough to win a football game. And those are not things that they have done particularly well or particularly often, regardless of whether it's Matt Rule or if you go back over the last five years. Like maybe the advantage that Illinois has right now, resume wise, is that they they played with Penn State for a while, you know, and yeah. so. But so did Northwestern on on Saturday. That's true. Are we are we wondering about Penn State right now? So. Or are they just a team that like plays with their food a little bit and then puts them away? It's possible. It's possible. But they, I don't know. They they got to make that next jump too. So yeah, I I mean I don't know what the uh, I haven't seen the the line of the totals yet. I assume it'll be a very close spread with a very low total. So. Um, <laughs> That's uh, that's my expectation for Friday. Vegas is really taking the under away from you. When you had it, I think it was like 39 and a half for this Nebraska-Michigan game. Yeah, with a 17 and a half point wow. spread. And still, I mean, it, it, it tipped over, but there was definitely a way that game flow goes where it does not, you know. So right. that required a 77-yard run from, from Josh Fleeks and basically uh, Nebraska to have that one interception at its own 20-yard line. Like, that's... <laughs> Those are your two plays that put it over. Uh, let me see if I can find a uh, uh, a line here for next week. I'm looking, uh, so I only see week five. They yeah. usually come out mid morning Sundays. Mm. So I mean, we, there's definitely going to be some offshore lines. I don't know what those are going to be. But yeah, I don't see anything yet. Someone, I don't see, I don't see anything yet. the press box. Multiple people were were putting in guesses on this. And oh, what did we come up with? Illinois three and a half was one. Just because of the home field in the short week. Sure. How about how about how about less just to confuse? How about how about like two or one and a half? Just I, to confuse it's people. probably a straight pick 'em to me. Yeah, it could uh, be. You know, at this point. So but what are you gonna do? Neither I wouldn't I wouldn't feel good putting money on either one of these teams on Friday. We'll put it that way. The most generic line possible. Let's just do let's just do pick 'em with a total of forty and just just go right there. What if the line is just a shrug emoji? <laughs> where it's basically just like insinuates if you really want to bet on this you've got a serious problem right yeah no i wouldn't uh i'm not going to spend my money on nebraska and purdue at this point at the at the betting window all right but i Connor. will spend my money on the royals who i'm going to watch play baseball today the real sicko has exactly. been you all along that's right all right, well, we will let you uh, get out of here so you can get on the road to Kansas City to enjoy the final day of the 2023 Major League Baseball season, which for me ended, you know, about a month and a half ago. Oh, so, mine ended in April, so I'm looking yeah, to get back in it. It didn't really if you're you're diving back in head first. I, I am excited to see Bobby Witt Jr. And he's, you know, he's got 30 home runs. And I, I don't think he got his 50th stolen base yet. So he's still shooting for that today. Zach Greenkey's. Potentially Zach Greinke's last major league game. Yeah. So, is yeah. Sal Perez going to home run one last time as a Royal? Potentially. potentially. He did last night. Potentially Salvador Perez's last game. I'll be wearing my Salvador Perez jersey and I'll be saluting Salvi. And, you know, because he probably is going to get traded in like two months. All right. Well, from that depressing topic, you know, we've reached the conclusion of this Nebraska football podcast. Look at that. <laughs> Combining the things that make people sad here in the Midwest as much as possible. The next thing we're going to do is talk about the death of fall weather. <laughs> yeah, summer's back or winter's coming, I, yeah. whichever one. 
Either one. All right, Happer, appreciate you coming on the Sunday side session today. Everybody, be sure to check out Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage from yesterday's game. You can read about the good. You can read about the bad. I don't know where you're going to find the good, really. Uh, I lied there. I apologize. There's not a ton of good that came out of yesterday. I guess if you want to look at the recruiting photos, you know, <laughs> we'll talked about the recruits, and he said that, uh, you know, maybe they saw where they could help, and maybe they did. But those recruits, uh, we got photos of them. There'll be plenty of stories coming out of the weekend in terms of recruiting visits. Uh, there'll be Carter Nelson's story on Monday. Went out to to Elgin to catch up with one of Nebraska's top commits right there. And uh, he gets in he talks a little about Notre Dame. So you can see it from Carter himself. That'll be on Monday as well. So check out Husker 24-7. So for Connor Happer, I'm Mike Schaefer. Appreciate your time. We'll be back later this week with some more Husker 24-7 podcast content. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? This is a huge night. What the truth from you? Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.